Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. This tenant was terrible and I'm ready ready to sell. Yes, they expired at one time and then they renewed and now (laughs) they're sold. Thank you for the crappy coffee gift card. I like your air quotes. It's definitely a seller's market. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Jay doesn't like it when I don't say hi to you because apparently a couple of episodes ago, I didn't say hi. Oh, I know. Well, we have to remind them our names and who's speaking. Yeah, we get new listeners all the time, and we forget that you're new. You might be new here. And this is Katie. And Alyssa. (laughs) Today's episode is what to do when inventory is low. It's a tough market right now. It is tough. Will you hand me the plug to my computer, though, so we don't die? Sure. Whilst we're recording. Sure. Because that would be devastating. Yeah. Very sad. Okay, it's a tough market out there. You request you requested this topic. I saw a lot of people talking on the Instagram about it. <laughs> on the interwebs? Yes, about well, what to do and any ideas and I'm struggling. And so why not just dedicate an episode to what's going on right now? I love it. Do you want to start with it from the buyer angle or from the seller angle? Let's start with the flip report. Do 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 do. The flip report. We're pending. We're under contract. This is exciting news. My God. Showing number two who had canceled and then rescheduled and Whitney showed him, wrote me an offer. Shocker. She said he was the nicest man. He moved here from New Orleans. She asked him what brought him here and he said lots of water. So I think he had been through Katrina, Hurricane oh, no. Katrina. Okay. He loved the house, single guy. Okay. Worked for him. Worked for him. Mm. He really appreciated it. Why? Oh, the price range was too high? Why did he cancel the show in the first time? Initially, he was like, oh, I don't want to go that high. Got it. Okay. And then he was like, well, there's nothing else out there and I can go that high. And then I was excited because he's pre-approved. Um, with the lender that we love, Jamie. Oh, I love it. She was the lender that we interviewed on our previous episode. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to her. But it just uh-huh. made me feel good to know. You knew who the lender I was. I know who it was. So I feel good about mm-hmm. it. And it's funny because now that it's pending, mm-hmm. everybody wants it. Huh, huh. I'm getting all these text messages. That's like, have you taken how's a ba- your contract? Have look? you Will taken you take- a backup offer? I've had several. I've told several people go show it for a backup. Yeah. So we haven't had the inspection yet. Right. I'm not too worried because I had an inspection. So you should know. I should. I fixed pretty much everything right. that was on there. Okay. <laughs> Including the driveway. Right. <laughs> so um, oh I don't think God. that'll be bad. 
you know, and then we'll just see how the appraisal goes. I'm not too worried about that either. Okay. But we'll see. Okay. So yeah, February 28th Mm -hmm. is our close date. Oh my gosh. So we'll see. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. And congrats. Thank you. So far. It isn't sold till it's sold. It's not sold. Yeah. I'm, okay. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. Do, 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 do. <sighs> Let's start with when you have the buyer. Okay. In a low inventory market. Great. You can take the lead on this because I have no notes <laughs> on the buyer and all of them on the seller. Well, most of mine, well, a lot of them can overlap, but for example, I just had an agent in my office that had a buyer looking in a very specific neighborhood, okay. a pretty big neighborhood. Okay. She used the Coles directory to do a mail out to that neighborhood. I'm sure there's a bunch of other different programs out there. Okay. I don't know what y'all's office uses, I but don't know. you can do a mail out to a specific yeah. neighborhood. And she said, I liked it because it wasn't like, need to sell your house. Yeah. It said, I have a buyer looking for a four bedroom. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. in this price point. Yeah. Because that neighborhood had a range, depending Mm -hmm. on everything. So she was very specific. Mm -hmm. And she got four or five people. Who responded. Who responded, which I thought was a lot. That is a lot. Um, She showed the houses. Uh Uh-huh. And then got one as a listing. And her buyer didn't buy any of them? I think her buyer bought one of them. Okay. And then she got one as a listing. Love it. Another thing, too, is that I think if you did that twice, right, it would really stir up more response. Yeah. So say none of those worked and your buyer's still looking. Mm-hmm. Wait another 30 days and, and then send out again. another postcard yeah. to the same group that just says, Hey, thank you so much to those who responded. My buyer is still looking. Again, this is what they're looking for. But she was getting things to show her buyer as well as getting potential new listings. Right. From having a real buyer. Right. So I thought that was very interesting. Well, I think coming with a real buyer is key here. You can't just use it as a tactic. No, it You have to, to actually yeah. have a human because if they reach out to you, you better show up with a human. Right who is actually looking to buy. Can we back it up a little though? I think number one you wanna do when there's low inventory is set appropriate expectations for your oh, buyers. Oh yeah, yeah, let's start so, from the beginning. <laughs> like, let's, start, let's start before we even, you know, hey, Alyssa, I'm gonna buy a house, I'm so excited. My price range is 175. <laughs> You're gonna be like, well. Let me just tell you. Things yes. might be a little tight. I think that having a real um, detailed conversation that says, this is how the market is right now, It does it? I'm going to give you a story. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready. I thought I didn't have buyer notes, but I do. I got a buyer call um, this week. It was actually a past client of mine who I've worked with several times. It was a relative of his. He called me and said, listen, my sister-in-law is working with this agent that told her that she can't look at houses. She just has to make offers because Uh, there's no time in this market to look at houses. Okay. And I told her that she needed to talk to you because this sounds crazy. And I'm like, I would agree. (laughs) So I said, no problem. Give me your number. I'll reach out. I reach out. So I'm like, hey, let's talk it out. Tell me what you need. What's going on in your life? Why are you moving? She tells me the whole story. She and her husband are retired. They live 
one hour away from here. Okay. Never once did she tell the agent she was working with that she couldn't make it to a showing. They just preemptively told her, oh, you like this house. You're going to have to write an offer right now. How serious are you? She could have been here to look at the house in one hour. That's not bad. It's not a long time. Like, come on. Basically, she was willing to come for the showing and was just told, no showings. We need to just do this. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys, you can't bully your clients just because the market is busy. You have to find a way to make this work. Just tell them the truth. Listen. So I did. I talked her through it. I said, well, tell me your specifications. And and she told me, I'm like, well, yes, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty hot market. I'm not saying what the agent told you isn't true. There there may come a time when a house comes on the market and you're out of town for the day and I'm going to have to do a video tour and we're going to have to make it work and see what we can do because you can't get there. Yes, you're going to have to have a sense of urgency. Yes. Am I telling you you don't get to look at houses? No. Mm -mm. You can come look at the house. Right. Because I'm like, now I know you're retired. You're not that far. There's no reason why you can't get here. I know. So I was a little annoyed with the other agent um, because that's not an appropriate way to treat people. And um, I picked up a buyer out of it. Great. Fine. But also, I had to set expectations for her. Look, we're not well, going to go. Well, I think go. we even updated our email templates to we did. S- explain. We Look, did. this is how it is. Not only do we have to get to showings quickly, but you also need to already understand your numbers with your lender. Right. Once you like a house, now is not the time to say, well, let me email the lender and just double check what closing costs are. Like, no, we know the numbers. We know what the monthly note is. We know what the closing costs are at this price point. Yeah. We are confident when we are inside of a house. And that's how I left it with her. You haven't talked to your lender yet? Like, because she's, they're moving out of a house they lived in for 22 years. It's Mm -hmm. paid off, but they don't want to. Right. They don't want to sell first. They want to buy first. Fine. You got to get a loan for that, bridge loan, whatever you're doing, do that first. Mm -hmm. I need to know exactly what's going to happen with your finances before we start trying to see a house. And that agent may have been burned a couple of times from doing showings only to find out there was multiple offers on the table or the house. I do advise when I'm the buyer's agent, if it's an hour before calling or emailing the other agent to say, hey, I'm showing yeah. this house at noon. Right. I just want to see what the current status is, if there are offers or if you're expecting anything. Because nothing is worse than being there and finding out it's no longer I available. Know. Like, I wish I would have known you were at least negotiating something. Right. So then we may not have come. So I do think that when you're working with buyers in a low inventory market, you should stay on top of checking the status. You can't yeah. rely on the listing agent to communicate with everyone when who knows how many showings they're having. Agree. Agree. So really, it's preemptiveness on your part and telling your buyer what's going on. What Mm -hmm. else do you have for buyers? I have been doing a lot more video tours. I think it's good. We've shared before that I bought the, I just Amazon. Yes, we've shared the phone stabilizer. Uh And I bought the lens that you attach on your phone and the stabilizer, and it really gives the video a good quality, like as if you are walking through it. FaceTiming just doesn't work. It's too narrow. You're like wobbly. But I have had clients in this market make decisions based on the video. What kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone. Number. It's for... Like like it's new, old? It's like, it's not the newest. Mm -hmm. It's maybe like one or two ago. Okay. But... 
when I do the walkthrough video, mm-hmm. it's about 12 minutes per house. Mm-hmm. And I try to zoom in on the floors and show them if there's scuffs on the wall. Like I try to really make it anything I would have pointed out if they in were real life, here, yeah. I, I point it out. Um, I'm also running comps before we go to a house. It's easy because I'm not showing 10 houses. I right. have one house. You have time for that. I have time to review everything, but really just making sure that once they're there, they're mm-hmm. ready if they're yeah. if they're ready. Uh we episode <laughs> they 92. They need to be ready if they're ready. Yes. <laughs> episode 92 is when we talked about surviving multiple offers. Yeah, and I think maybe what we're trying to say now is make sure that you've prepared your buyer that that's a, a high likelihood. Yes. If that is for their price for their criteria. Right. And so I think reviewing multiple offers we won't go into that about how to write the best offer and all that no, because no, no. we already talked about that but this know is that just more have, about, some, yes. have some strategy in your back pocket that you can even share with the buyer and say this is how we're going to handle it i also kept it under so i told one client i meant one listing agent i said look my client lives out of town they had multiple offers i said they can't get there so i'm gonna go do a video she said well my seller is going to feel more comfortable if they can actually see the house. So I didn't, I just said, okay, I understand that. And so she never like asked again if they ever saw it, but I was trying not, it made me be more mindful that maybe you don't always need to disclose that you're just doing a video. <laughs> right. And that the buyer isn't with you. Right. Just because leave it, it out. could hurt you. It could hurt you. It could hurt you. It, she was very concerned about that. Uh, luckily, we did win and they didn't see it until the home inspection. And they were okay with it. They loved it. Great. So it was fine. Because you took a good video. Yes. They knew what was going on. Um, I do think just to try to... So we end every sales meeting on Wednesday in our office. Mm-hmm. By talking about buyer needs and upcoming listings. Yes. So that's really helpful. If you're in any kind of group, so we even uh, kind of did it with our leadership group, which is like 20 agents from all different offices, where anytime we got together, we would say, what do you have coming up and what do you need? And it just kind of helped us like keep an eye out for yeah. it. Um, but being able to say, I have a buyer looking for this. And I do think you have to, in this market, have to come up with a more eye-catching way <laughs> right. to find what you need. It oh, can't just be look, like... even in our Facebook group, I've yeah. stopped reading them. I know. Because so every many. day, all day is buyer need, buyer need, buyer need. And they, you know, crack down on the coming soon. So it's not like you're getting a first look at anybody's listing coming. You're just hearing buyer needs constantly. And if you're about to take a listing and that buy- they they have the buyer, you're still probably not going to be that worried about telling them because the open market is better for your seller, mm-hmm. right? So like, mm-hmm. what's the point of posting these buyer need, buyer need, buyer needs? Nobody who's got a seller really is going to advise their seller not to go to open market. I know. What's the point? I had a seller recently that I I was going to show their house early. And they were like, yeah, that would be fine. You can show it early. But then they, my buyers did end up finding something. But he said, well, to be honest, we would have, even if your people liked it, we probably would have want to go to the market anyway. I thought, well, right. that makes sense. It's fair. Yeah, it is fair. I mean, they want to know. And you can't be mad about that if you're a buyer's agent. Mm-mm. You're just going to have to get crafty with your offers. Yeah. Right? Okay. Anything else on buyers? We did. I did share this story, but I think it's it applies here, especially having to do with 
your people calling you, but I have never had this many buyers calling me before that had or have an agent that they are trying to break up with. Oh, yeah. Because the agent is not, quote unquote, sending them houses. Mm -hmm. But the problem isn't that the agent isn't sending them houses. It's that the agent isn't communicating. Right. The agent has not set the expectations of what the market is, how many houses they should be sending them. Um, That's why it's important to, even if you have no good houses to send them, to say, Hey, I'm still looking. I haven't seen anything worth sending you, but they need to hear from you. Okay. Because I, they're going to wonder where you went. Agree. I have a buyer right now. Okay. New buyer called me on the phone. I don't know. She found me on the internet, the, the beautiful interwebs. I don't know. Oh, hot tip side note. I think it's because I've been doing my referrals on Google business. Oh, you think you've been getting more Google calls? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, I have this client. She's out of state. Here's the thing. They want to move here. They don't need to be here until school starts next fall. Okay. Wow. So July. So we have a long time. And now they have decided they like this one particular street, three neighborhoods. Okay. Okay. Three neighborhoods near LSU. There's not a lot. And they go look at this house and they say, okay, well, we like the house but we don't love the house but we love the neighborhood and we really 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 want to be in it um what do you think we should do because we don't hate the house we will make an offer and this happens to be a house with a challenging floor plan so it's been on the market a couple of weeks okay okay so it's not like flying off the shelves um and uh you know what i had to do i had to actually do the research i said okay five houses have been listed in this neighborhood in the last six months so there is a chance that in the next six months when you need to buy, you may you not, could, yeah. you may not. And I said, and the size of all of them is smaller than this house. And I told them all of the data. They data. needed to know how to make a decision. And I said, but if you want to expand out into the search area, the polygon I made you, 42 houses have sold in the last six months. So m- definitely I would say more houses are going to come on the market. And ultimately, I think they're leaning towards making an offer on this house because they want that neighborhood. And I couldn't tell them with certainty another house was coming. That's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm like, here's the odds. What are the odds? Well, so many agents rely on their opinion. <laughs> and I think it's important whenever you are talking to a buyer or seller, try to avoid things like saying, in my opinion, mm-hmm. this, this, this. Mm-hmm. But you could say... Based on the research, yeah. based on the data, I think your house needs to be priced this way. Yeah. Based on the data, you have a 40% chance that another house would come up in this neighborhood based on the last year. Right. Avoid saying, I think, or in my opinion, right. base I mean, it off of facts. I even told her, I said, look, five, three years ago, five years ago, I would have told you, it's January. You have told July, wait it out. Something's coming. You don't love it. You're a cash buyer. It's going to be fine. But I was like, I can't tell you that today. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to come. And Mm -hmm. if you're seriously telling me your number one criteria is this neighborhood, then maybe you better be serious about this house. Yeah. What'd they do? They're doing a second showing. I think they're going to write an offer. Great. Yeah. Because they know what the numbers look like. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. Anything else on buyer? I like that my database is an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. 
because I have done this before where I group it by zip code. Mm -hmm. So if I have a buyer looking in a particular zip code. Oh, yes. I can categorize the zip code column and then look at all the houses I have ever sold in that area to see you know, have I, should I reach out to any of these people? Did any of them recently expand their family Mm -hmm. or have kids go off to college or get a new job? Like, is there something? And then you could reach out and tell them, hey, I don't know if you thought about moving, but I have a buyer. Mm -hmm. So you could, but that's why I think the database is so important too, just because you, you can use your own past clients. Um, And again, that's something that you could do for listings. Also, you wouldn't, for buyers, it's good to use the zip code category. So you're looking at the So right I know thing. exactly yeah. what I'm looking for. For listings, you could contact everybody in your database. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah, so the database is good either way. Well, yeah. Um, but that's really all I have for buyer. Yep. Okay, great. Because all of my notes are how to get inventory. <laughs> okay, good. All right. But this- Which, to, we're going to talk about it as listing, but if you are a buyer's agent, all the things we're about to talk about to get inventory could be for your buyers. Right, right. So it, it works for it either client. It helps everyone yeah. out. And the other thing that I was reading when I was preparing was, I don't remember the percentage number, but it's a lot. A lot of people are not um, giving buyer leads appropriate um, follow-up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those buyers are sellers too. Yeah. Why aren't you, like, not everyone's a first-time buyer. So if you're burnt out on buyers and you're not following up hardcore with your buyer leads, those people might have been sellers. Mm -hmm. You might have missed a seller lead. So I thought that was an interesting angle. Hey, Lissa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? What? We have updated the email templates. Finally. Whoa. (laughs) Hallelujah. They are updated and there are more of them. Yes, we have 10 buyer templates. Right. 15 seller templates. Mm -hmm. As well as a checklist for when to send all the emails at what point in the transaction. Yes, so you don't have to guess when they go. It's very specific. (laughs) This happens now, then you send this email. This is what they need to know. This is what they need to know right now. Also, there are six attachments that go along with some of the seller side. So like move out checklist and showing prep or all that stuff. So there's all the information you will ever need to tell your clients in one of these templates. Yes. And if you still aren't sure, you can go back and listen to episode 31, where we talk about the importance of the templates and why we use them. Like, what are we even doing? So we hope that they help you because they have helped us so much. Immensely. And we have gotten so many wonderful reviews about how they have helped others. And so now they are up to date and ready for you. Yeah. And you can go read reviews and all the information at email templates 101. Lovely. How easy is that? Great. Okay, y'all enjoy. Bye. Okay, so how do you drum up new listings? That's what we're going to do. We're going to drum. Okay. You know what? We're going to make our own inventory. We're going to make. Let's do it. We're going to make our own luck. So So we've already, let's start with the database. Yeah. Since we already touched on it. Okay, so I put on here your your sphere, your database reach out. But what, what exactly can you do? Here is my favorite tip from my favorite writer who's not really a writer but does tons of articles at Inman. His name is Jimmy Burgess. Okay. I made you read his article yes, earlier. I remember. It was a different article. Um, this article was about 
getting 11 million in new listings in under three months. Now, he is in a beach community, so the price point, (laughs) it might be kind of high. But even still, let's just say it's 11 listings. Yeah. That's a lot of listings. Um, Okay, this is what Jimmy did and does and teaches his agents. The unsolicited, to your database, to your database, the unsolicited video CMA. So he makes a market report with a screen grab, okay? Okay. So screen grab your desktop, you go into like the Google, like he, the whole article will walk you straight through it and he has a video. So I'm not going to get deep into the nuts and bolts of it, but you can go look it up in Inman. But basically create a video that says, hey, um, you know, in the last year, the market has really shifted or the last two years, or I wasn't sure when the last time you really looked at your value, but I thought you'd like to know the market update. Here's, you know, zoom in on their house on the Google map. And then you show them the show the report, your CMA with whatever's going on in their neighborhood and then give them like their little range of value. Okay, just thought you'd like to know. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, great. Because that a lot of times you're not just your sphere, but a lot of times people don't even know what their house is worth. They're not paying attention to it. They don't plan to move. But maybe if they realize they had $100,000 in equity, they'd be like, what? So I had a client, past client reach out and say, hey, we are building. So it's going to be about a year before we need to sell our house. But I'm seeing online like certain values and I don't know if they're right. Mm-hmm. She was like, can you let me know like if I'm on the right track? And so I right. did. Um, but she was like, wow, wow. I'm shocked yeah. that this is like a reality. Well, I had a um, seller who was getting divorced and needed to sell their house. And then I went for a pre-listing like a year ago. Okay. A year ago. Okay. Told her a value, told her what to do to get ready. Uh, you know, life happened. They did, She decided not to sell at that time. Went back this past week because now she's ready to sell. The value was like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars higher on a two hundred thousand dollar house. Wow! So before, when she wasn't really walking with anything, she was actually going to get a check. Is huge, huge. Yeah, I mean, I just had one where I had just told them I thought we could list for two sixty nine, and three months later, when it was time to list, there were several in like the three upper th- 280s, 290s. And then there was one random one that sold for 310 that was like the mm. same as his. Wow. I'm like, if they can do it, we can Why try. can't we? We can Why try. Can't we? Yeah. So send those market reports. Even if you did it last year, do it again. Mm-hmm. Hey, prices are still good. Not, and not with the um, icky nope. salesman, prices are going up. Would you like to sell your house? Just simply with a, hey, the market's just been changing so much. Thought you'd like an update. I like that. The end. Okay. Let them come back to you. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Um, we're going to do a full episode on geo farming. A whole episode. We're going to put on our overalls. It's coming up. It's coming up. Um, so that is an- another way to drum up listings. And what I mean by geo farming is pick a geographical location, a neighborhood, a zip code, whatever it is, and then um, try to find listings within that farm. And people have been very successful with this for many years, and they do it super consistently, and we will talk about it coming soon. Okay. Okay. Uh <sighs> What? I don't even want to say these. What? You can always look at expireds and for sale by owners. 
I would imagine so. I think if you have a buyer looking, searching expires and for sale by owners is way better Mm -hmm. than calling to try to get the listing because mm-hmm. lord knows these sellers are burnt out burnt out from hearing from you <laughs> did you read the thing that was like thanks for the crappy coffee gift card i'm not going to be listing my house with you please you and tell all your other agent friends <laughs> to stop writing me letters to my house tell, but thank you for the crappy coffee gift card <laughs> tell all your cronies to stop okay i'm so glad you said that yeah. i was reading this article that was um about the elderly population being harassed in this time so sad y'all i want you to really think about this you may work at an office that has one of these um, you know, databases or metadata, grabbing data, blah, 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 blah. A lot of these people who have been in their house over 10 years that it, the database is telling you to call, they are elderly. Yeah, They are happy in their home. Mm-hmm. They have nowhere else to go and they don't need to go. They're fine there. They aged in place on purpose. You calling them and harassing them repeatedly is not cool. It's not okay. It's not a method that you should be bringing into your business. If you want to reach out to someone like this and maybe you don't know how old people are or what's their situation. Just think about that too. When you contact strangers, cold call, door knock, you don't know anything about them. Nothing. You don't know if their spouse just passed away. You don't know if they're you know, immune compromised. They were talking about this article, agents were door knocking and going to these elderly people's houses during COVID with no masks on. And these elderly people are very vulnerable and like scared, 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 scared. Y'all do not, do not, do not behave like that. And if you go, if you opt to use one of these methods and someone says no, take the no yeah don't keep going for the yes just say okay thank you sorry about you know your loss for god's sakes if they tell you that their spouse just passed away have some empathy and some kindness right i just was really the article made me so angry well you never know what you're going into you're thinking about yourself in the moment of a cold call Um, you're not thinking about who you might be calling or what their need is right but i also think it's a lot easier to make that phone call to say hey, I do have someone that's looking. I saw you try to sell your house and it meets their criteria. It's right. a real buyer. I was just seeing if you are still interested in selling because I would love to show your house. Right. This is not a tactic. No, I know you've probably gotten buyer. other... Right. I know you've probably gotten other calls. Um, my the What I did read that I loved as a kind of twist on the calling expireds is if you're going to call expireds, find ones that are three to 12 months expired. Oh, that's good. Because everybody's doing the call the expire the day it goes off the market is or is true. withdrawn. And the and quickly the sellers are like, God, agents are the worst people that ever lived, that ever walked the face of the earth. Yes. Um, but if you, if you want to farm or I guess prospect with expireds that are older, I think that's a great idea. Hey, I mm-hmm. noticed you tried to sell your house six months ago. I do have buyers looking in your zip code. Just curious if you're still interested in selling. I know I'm sure you probably got a million agent calls. You, you know, know what's the hardest part about this? Because like my first few years, I would do this, do, do something, try <laughs> do, different do things. This, try it. I would search expireds, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that they may have sold. Oh. Like, yes, they expired at one time and right. then they renewed and now <laughs> right. they're sold. So yes. they are no longer expired. Don't need to sell. So you really have to 
get a list of expired, print it out, mm -hmm. and then you have to search each address to make sure yeah. it's still, it, it wasn't relisted after that date. Yeah, if you should do the research regardless. You need to know if they had offers, like if it went pending while it was listed, like what? Yeah. You can't literally cold call an expired. You need to have some data. It takes some time. It take, should take time if you want to do it right. But I liked that um, that spin on it. And again, that's not doing what everyone else is doing. So mm -hmm. you do something different. You might actually get different results. I don't mind this one. I don't think this is harassment necessarily. They, um, a lot of people for many years have done the looking for absentee owners. Oh. Okay. So you can look up tax records and find in a neighborhood. Let's say this is kind of looped in with a geo farming. You're going to have to pick an area, right? You can look up the tax records and find owners who don't live in the house, okay? So the tax bill gets sent somewhere else. Maybe then you look them up and find that they own 10 or 20 houses. Then you reach out with a different like script that's more, this is what I was reading, more like, hey, Mr. Owner, I see you have uh, you know a couple of properties in my location. Obviously, inventory's tight. Are you looking to maybe you know, move your money around, do a 1031 exchange. Is it time to buy another property? Are you looking to find something else you can depreciate at a faster rate? Whatever, like you might need to have some good CPA talking points. Yeah. But it might just like kind of um, spark something in them like, oh, I never thought about selling that to get another one to, mm -hmm. you know, for the tax ramifications, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. And sometimes they just are tired of dealing with it. Maybe they have a bad renter right then when you call them. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I do want to sell that thing. <laughs> that sounds great. I am done with this. Perfect. So that's that's a um, market you can tap into. I heard that open houses right now are actually more for meeting sellers. Okay. You know how you get them there. Go for it. <laughs> you invite the neighborhood. I've yes. heard of agents okay. who... Like events. Either like door knock the neighborhood and say, I'm doing an open house. Yes not door knock the neighborhood to say, I want to sell your house, but I'm doing an open house, blah, 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 or a flyer or a phone call or Invitation whatever. Invitation in their mail. Yeah. yeah. Find someone in the neighborhood that's on the HOA and get them to post it in their Facebook group. Those are all, and then you get the neighbors there, like make yeah. it and in, in, invite them. Right. Invite them. If you want to take the time to really do it right, you could have some excellent results. Yeah, no kidding. I guess you have to have a house on the market long enough to do an open house for that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess listing it on Friday. Yeah. And if you get offers saying all offers will be reviewed Sunday at 5 p.m., yeah. I'm seeing that a lot. Then you could still do that. Because the open then house. they're doing the open house and giving it the full weekend before responding. Well, I think that's easier for everybody involved. Well, yeah, then you could even like let people see it at least. Right. Then they don't have to rush over there the first day. All right, we've talked about door knocking and cold calling. There's also direct mail. So just like the geo farming, if you want to mail an area. Um, okay. Oh, here's a good one. Oh. Expired rental listings. Okay, I had this on my list. Oh, great. But not expired. Just, just rental listings. Yes. Now, in our marketplace right now, a rental doesn't stay on the market long. Yeah, it's just as tight really as... But if it's one that has been on the market a little while, they may not realize what it's worth. Maybe you could sell it if you called them and told them you had a buyer, if you do have a buyer. Or it could just be a good listing opportunity. Yeah, I like that. And if you also, instead of searching current rentals, search anything that rented 
eight to ten months ago. Because the lease is the lease up. will be coming up. So hey, I I see that you know you leased your property at blah blah blah. Is your tenant planning to stay? Are you thinking about keeping it as a rental, or would you be interested in selling? There are a lot of buyers in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're like, you know what, I, this tenant was terrible, and I'm ready, <laughs> and I'm ready to sell. Yeah. Or maybe they want the money to move somewhere. Like, people's circumstances change. You can't just assume that because the member of your database didn't want to sell a year ago that they don't want to sell now. Right. At some point, that changes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, also, if you're overwhelmed by reaching out to your database, start with the people who've been in their house three or more years mm. when you're doing a, you know, video CMA or just a plain CMA or like you're reaching out to like just say hi. Start with if you're looking if you're doing this activity as a way to get listings, then start with the people who've been in their house long. They're not going to move. if They just yeah, bought. Not last year. <laughs> yeah. Although it happens. Um, okay. Any, you have another, anything else? Um, using social media during this time to update the public on the current state of the market. Okay. So that way, when you do get a new buyer, they aren't surprised. They know. I've actually had this happen just with the podcast. So it's funny. I just went on a listing appointment and it's a past client and he's selling his house now. And he said, it's funny because I just listened to the episode on how to buy and sell at the same time. Oh, good. That's what it's for. And it was so helpful. Wonderful. And, but I thought, you know, we have the podcast, but anybody on social media, you can make little short videos or just updates or statistics as posts, um, kind of just updating them on what to expect. Yeah, I think that's good. I had social media in mind for a couple of other reasons as well. Using social media to track your sphere and database and friends and followers as far as life changes. Yep. Did they have a baby? Did they get married? Did something bad happen? Did, you know, like what yep. what's going on in their life? You know, maybe that's a great one to start reaching out to as opposed to reaching out to your buyer from last year. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's going on in someone's life? Um, and the other one was posting on your personal social media when you have a buyer with a buyer need. So yes. that way you have you have people in your sphere that can see, oh, I see you have a buyer in my area. Well, maybe I do want right, to right. sell. You can also with the Facebook ads, if you make an ad of like what you need or what you're looking for, or if there's a specific area you want to list in and you can pay by zip code mm-hmm. so that the ad is going to that zip code Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where your leads would come from. Oh, on the social media? Yes. They get a little wonky with real estate ads. Oh, really? Oh, it's so hard to target an area. Like, it used to be easier. I know. I'm, y'all look into that. I don't know for sure. But sometimes it makes you do like a 25-mile radius. Oh, wow. That's, that's a bit like, much. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the whole city. I know. Um, okay. Here is a great... This is the last one I have. Okay. This is a great secret. What? that I had never thought about before, and it is genius. Tell me. If you're looking for new listings, try an orphaned neighborhood. Oh. Do you want to know what an orphaned neighborhood is? One that nobody wants anymore? (laughs) That's what I thought at first. I'm like, well, why do you want to do that? (laughs) Yeah. That sounds stupid. I don't want to do that. No, no, no. An orphaned neighborhood is one that is three to five years old that was track 
built. Why is it called an orphan? Because it used to have a sales office and someone on site and people oh. were like selling the houses. But now all the houses are built and they're all sold. And that sales office is long gone. So guess what? Nobody's taking care of those people in that house. And you have to think about this, too. A lot of times those buyers went straight to the model home and bought a house. They didn't even work with an agent. That's so they true. are legit orphaned, totally like completely orphaned you could start geo farming those on purpose yeah because those people don't even have an agent and my point on top of that is and i don't remember the number but over 70 percent of sellers work with the first agent that they meet with or talk okay. to yeah. okay so you have to put yourself out there often and first and that i just thought that was genius that is a good idea it's genius because mm -hmm. also a lot of times those track built homes are starter homes they're smaller and so those buyers at three to five years are probably ready to sell right and they might be nervous about getting in the market because they don't have an agent to ask for advice mm -hmm. and they're seeing that it's so competitive and they don't know what their house is worth Another thing, too, that I've been struggling with a little bit because it's a low inventory seller's market. I like your air quotes. It's definitely a seller's market. What if the house is just not a great house or not in a great location? Mm -hmm. And the sellers are like, well, I should be getting a lot more because it's a seller's market. And I'm just having to say, but according to the data, right. Your subdivision is still priced within mm -hmm. this range. Right. I understand that you want X amount. Yeah. But I think the highest that we will be able to list is X amount. And we will just have to see how the market responds. But you need to be prepared that if this is yeah. too high, we may have to come down. And, I, and that's why I like in the email template mm -hmm. that we send to sellers once their house is listed. It says every house responds differently. It, yes. It's you can't say seller's market in every single neighborhood for every single house. No. It still depends. It is it is house to house, neighborhood to neighborhood, and you do you have to put that message out to your buyers and your sellers. Yes. We can't just assume blanketly. It's, it would be as if you watched a national news report and assume that applied to every house that you saw. Exactly. That's is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But it but it, sellers don't think that way. No. And buyers they don't, don't think that way. Why in this market and all that they're, they're reading and all that their friends have said, right. like, I should be getting a lot more. Right. Based off of what, though? Right. Anything else for the sellers? That was pretty much it. Okay. Well, that was great. I know. Just good information. Sometimes you just need a little spark, like an idea. Well, I think the biggest thing is that you have got to be communicating with your buyers and your sellers yeah. oh. about what is going on. If you're not communicating, yes. they do not know. It will lead to frustration and it will lead to them to go to another agent. Right. Oh, and please keep in mind, we've talked about this before, but what you put out publicly on social media can impact your actual business. Like if you keep telling buyers that there's nothing to buy, mm -hmm. then nobody's going to buy. And 60% yep. and of those people are sellers. And now there's nothing to sell because you scared them away from being a buyer. Mm -hmm. Well, don't scare away the sellers from being a buyer because then they don't sell their house. I feel like my strategy right now that I've noticed myself, my pattern I've been seeing is that I'm having the hard conversations with my buyer mm -hmm. about how hard the market is, multiple offers, mm -hmm. and then kind of 
reminding them, but it, that does not mean it's impossible. Well, that's just exactly what I told my people. You yeah. can see the house. Yes. And if it doesn't work out, it was just not meant to be. Right. In my 11 years of doing this, I have never seen it not truly work, work out. out. It always ends up, if you're a serious buyer, well, we were actually talking about this the other day with somebody, but right now you can't just be casually looking. You're either looking and you're in it or you're not. Yeah. Because that's just what the market demands. Can't sit on the fence. No, no. You have to be, if you're really serious about buying a house, that's right. where you have to be. Okay. That's all I got. Great advice. How's our toast looking? Looks great. Are you okay. ready to toast? Yeah. Okay, super. This toast comes to us from Samantha Greer in Orange County, California. Fun. Fun. Um, Samantha says, I would love to send in a toast. Oh, okay, yes. I would like to toast my coworkers, Jordan and Cheryl, at Finely Crafted Realty. Hmm. When I first went out on my own, I planned to work by myself. I can't even imagine working by myself now that I have experience working with Jordan and Cheryl. I am just so impressed by them every day and genuinely enjoy being around them and doing this crazy real estate life together. It is nice having a friend. So nice. So cheers to Jordan and Cheryl, and thank you to Samantha. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Get out there and drum us up some listings. Yeah, go get them. Help us with the input. You, you solve the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye. Your little bye. bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.